on track, and we keep it within our 20-minute time frame. Awesome. All right. Well, hello, and welcome to the Group's Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fenton, and today with me is my very special guest, Tim Nichols. How are you guys doing? Actually, more of like a co-host. Sorry, I didn't mean to say uh, that. Yeah, you guys will probably see that more and more. Uh, yeah, I am officially now right. the co-host of the Group's Leadership I was just so excited about our very special guest. We've got Chad and Chelsea Glover, and we're actually live in the Glover household. Welcome to the table, fellas. Heyo. What time's dinner? Um, pretty much every time you show up is about the time dinner is being finished. It, it's really odd. Yeah, but it's not odd. It's God. That's what I'm saying. Spirit, lead me. <laughs> yeah. Where my feet are without hunger yeah. or borders. Right I don't know. Yeah. On the border. Anyway. Ooh. Ooh. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much <laughs> for letting us come over. Uh, we're going to kind of get through some stuff before dinner. Um, but kind of a couple things we wanted to come to. One, man, as a church, we've been really praying for your family and praying for Lydia. She had surgery. So can you kind of give us a quick update on man, how's that going? How's Lydia doing? And just, yeah, bring us up to speed. Awesome. Yeah, thank y'all so much, church family, for praying over Lydia and just keeping us um, encouraged through all of this. Y'all been above um, gracious with us, so thank y'all so much for that. Um, yeah, she's doing great, healing up really good. Thankfully, surgery went well, and she's feeling really good, just has to let her body heal, and that's going to take another month or so. So she's got to be calm and chill around the house and I'm around. So thank y'all. She's yeah. doing great. Praise so the she's Lord. not like taking out the trash and stuff today? No, she can't lift heavy things. She gets out mm. of chores. That's next Other week. Other kids are like, that's not quite fair. I, <laughs> need, I need to have surgery then. Yeah. Have somebody do yeah. my chores. We probably need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. And it's just been cool to see our church like come around like you guys as a family because like we're all part of, you know, the family of Christ. So it's been cool to just see the Lord's hand on her life and to get her through that surgery and have a speedy recovery. So we're encouraged to see that. But we also want to talk a little bit. So Tim and I, um, we're in a group, not together, but both of our groups are single, like young adult Just groups. 30-year-old single day guys. Yeah, That's so we, we got are. that sitch on lock. We got that figured <laughs> out. If you want to know anything <laughs> about that, we're your, we're your people. But kind of an area we don't know much about, not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. Is married groups with kids. And so, man, we would love to just kind of pick y'all's brain and kind of jump into your group a little bit. Man, give us kind of the, the, the highs and lows, the X's and O's, if you will, of what it looks like for y'all to meet. The hugs and kisses of oh, groups. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. That's another episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That's gotcha. not tonight. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Oh, gosh. What, what it looks like in your group from a couple's perspective, from a parent's perspective, and even, you know, as staff people, like, what does it look like? Like, is every staff member in community? Like, just kind of walk us through. Yeah, well, well, thanks for this opportunity. I think maybe somebody's listening to this, and uh, they've tuned in to some of the past episodes, and maybe they've had the thought, like, yeah, well, that works in your group because you're with a bunch of single guys, and you have all the time in the world or whatever excuse, you know, and, and maybe they're listening to this, doing the dishes, people about to come over, and they're thinking, man, we have – five families about to come over each family has at least three kids it's about to be quote-unquote happy group time <laughs> you know they're right. just thinking what are we going to do and and um and I, I think that um one of the things i would say to anyone listening to this that is pursuing community um in any capacity uh, but if we're targeting you know family community and that sort of thing man it is such a blessing and so 
there's going to be difficulties. Uh, you're going to have to work through differences in the way people raise their kids, and you're going to have to work through differences in the dynamics of different couples. But this is well worth the struggle because what's on the other side of, of community and working through all those differences is really a closer walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just want to just say that outright, just encourage somebody who's listening to this, like, hey, it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be well worth the work that you put in and the effort that you put in. So for us, we've experienced community in really two different ways. Chelsea, you want to tell them about the first time that we got into community and kind of that dynamic, what it looked like? Yeah. So the first time we were in a community group, it was with five other families. We're all on staff at the church, and all the families had two or three kids. It was crazy. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds crazy. chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> it was chaotic, but it was Not because so of fun. the people, though. Yeah, it, it was, was fun. It was a great yeah. group. The kids were all well-behaved. <laughs> The noise level definitely went up with all the excitement of all the kids, and we we loved it. Um, But what we did, we would all eat dinner together, and then we'd take the kids down into the basement or to another room, and we would trade off weeks. And so one week, two of the moms would go, they'd watch the Journey Today show and discuss that, and we'd play games and crafts, and then the next week maybe two of the dads would go, and we would just be on a rotation basis for which – um, two moms or two dads would go take care and of And it kids. took us a while to get there. I, I remember early on, our first few meetings, we were just kind of like, ah, oh, we'll just wing it. <laughs> so we show <laughs> up. And I remember the first time that we had somebody leading um, like our discussion as adults, and, and it was so hard to focus because you had kids in the like just in one room over, and they're just being kids. You know, they're just being loud, rambunctious. And, and it was, you know, I remember driving home that night after group, like, what did we just do? Like, <laughs> I think I'm further away from the Lord because we just met, you know. And, uh, but, you know, and so we worked towards that, and we figured out that rotation. And, uh, and I think anyone listening to this, um, I, you know, the principle would be that you need to talk with your group and figure out what is the best way for us to manage this. But one of the big conclusions we learned um, at the end of that time, that year that we spent in community with those families, is, is really – our preference would be five families with with kids. That was really too many people to try to consistently get together and really do life and, and community the way that we hoped uh, members would at Abundant Life. And so uh, now we, we've, we've transitioned out of that group, and now we're in a different group. You want to tell us more about that group? Right. So the, the new group, it was just us and one other couple, and they're pretty much empty nesters. And so it's just our kids in the group and we would meet together eat dinner everything always started over meals because we you know we love to eat amen (laughs) amen (laughs) that's right and then um even sometimes while we were eating we talk about what god was teaching us or who we'd been investing in and then the kids would go play after dinner and we'd talk more but we still would always split up guys and girls when it came time to talk about the struggles and the sins that we've been having and um so that worked out good for us and even probably a couple times a month we meet together everyone and then a couple times we just meet up the guys would find time to meet up and us girls would find time to meet up separate and we're, and we're kind of in that season so our, our squad we got a nine-year-old an eight-year-old and a four-year-old and uh, and they're really pretty self-sufficient and so we really um, enjoyed having a couple that's in a different life stage I know a lot of times people go through group connect and, and we have a tendency just to say hey if you're in your 30s or your 40s and you have kids this age why don't y'all all just do life together and I think there's value in that in our first group we got a lot of value from that 
but currently we've really enjoyed having a little bit of diversity in um, in age in our group. Because there's some wisdom that we need from people who are that next level yeah, that phase definitely, of us. Definitely. In life. And Chad, it, I yeah, go ahead. sorry to cut you off there. I just want, I kinda wanna like get a little uh, more clarification on something. So I know abundant life uh, does things very, I guess you could say segregated in a way where it's either guys or gals, uh, especially within, uh, you know, the single persons group, or right. how you guys mm-hmm. answer, you know, some of the more intense questions. Do you think that there would, there is any value in bringing guys and gals in that in, together during those times? Or, I mean, what's kind of like abundant life? Like, why do they view it, view it the way they do? Yeah. Uh, well, what we've learned in, in, um, mixed groups, cause we're, we're co-ed, obviously we, we have different couples in our group is that there's a level of, um, of trust and understanding that happens when you separate genders. And, uh, and I think you guys would understand this, and anyone listening to this, I think they would understand this, that typically guys understand guy struggles uh, better than girls understand guy struggles, and vice versa. I think women, they understand women's struggles more than you know, men understand women's struggles. And, and so we found that, um, that there's this uh, beauty in separating, especially on that question, you know, whatever, however you ask that, but we ask, uh, you know, how, are, how have you grieved the spirit lately? And uh, when we ask that question, uh, we really want to separate out, and we found that, that that just opens up the gates of authenticity and vulnerability. Um, and then, uh, like, it's, it's really been a great thing for me to be able to share openly with the men in my group and, them, and, and then for them to respond and go, hey, man, I understand what you're going through, but then they'll, they'll be firm with me, and they'll, they'll admonish me, um, and they'll, they'll help me to respond biblically when, to when I'm sharing openly. And uh, so, I, you know, I think that's that's really where we landed. It's not it's not that men can't confess sin to women like that's a sin, you know, but really it's more like a best practice. And uh, in order for us to stay above reproach, uh, we found that that uh, that that just cuts down drama, cuts down misunderstanding, and really fosters authenticity and transparency and community. Brilliant, love it. That's awesome. Um, just I try to like think of like our leaders listening to this on their way to lead group tonight or whenever, like what would be something like give us something to fight against as a couples group and then maybe something to like try to fight for if that makes sense. So something to celebrate, maybe something to like steer clear of either one of you guys that you've experienced. Yeah, I would say something to to really fight for is just focus. I, mean, I think it, you know, I think maybe somebody that's single, they think, well, in a couple's group, there's going to be certain things that are easier and certain things that are more challenging. But what I found is that people just have a tendency to get distracted. <laughs> so a lot of times in our group, um, we'll just get distracted eating and just talking life. And I know that never happens in y'all's groups either, right? Never. We like, just we yeah. just eat cereal every week. <laughs> yeah, eat cereal. <laughs> like as soon as people come in, they have their Bibles open. Like, right. oh, here we go, you know. And so I think that that's something that you have to continue to fight for um, because there's this assumption that once you get into a certain life stage or whatever, if that's marriage, if that's having kids, that just you don't struggle with certain things or um, you're you know you're beyond certain things. That, that's just not the truth. Mm. And so, or or even um, that you would you would say, well, you know, I don't have to live on mission. I don't have to share with other people. You know, the question we ask, how are you growing others spiritually? And we say, well, that's a that's a mom of young kids. She doesn't have to do that. She gets an out. Hmm. And it's like, no, I think that we still need to 
propose that question and then maybe think outside the box of, you know, are you evangelizing at the office? Well, it's like, well, my office is the nursery right now, you know, but even affirming that new mom, that's like you are investing your life into the lives of your children. And so if anyone has a great answer to how are you growing others spiritually, it's you. And especially if you're a mom, like, you know, I have the privilege of watching Chelsea do this, that she's seeing her kids as her disciples and not just saying, I'm going to pray around my kids or I'm going to read my Bible around my kids, though that's really important, but saying, I'm going to take this as really, really serious and I'm going to invest my life to grow this person spiritually. So I'm going to teach them how to pray. I'm going to teach them how to read the Bible. And maybe you're listening to this and, and you're a parent and you don't, you don't know what that looks like. And so you begin to help ask those questions and it opens up conversations of, well, what, is, what does this look like in y'all's context? As opposed to people just kind of saying, oh, well, you're, you're a family with young kids. It's busy right now. You can grow people spiritually later. Mm-hmm. You can have spiritual conversations when you go back to work or, or whatever. And so I think something to, to steer clear from is, is distraction and, um, and kind of creating justifications as to why we don't need to be growing spiritually or growing other spiritually or being open about our sin struggles. And, and that kind of goes hand in hand with what I was saying, man, you got to fight to focus yeah. um, because there's so many distractions in this season of life that you could allow to dominate, monopolize your time. That's really good. Um, just kind of thinking through some, some questions that we've even gotten from different co-ed groups. So typically, like we'll have, you know, someone who's designated the leader, right? They get the email or whatever. Um and then especially for breaking up in guy girl, so like husbands over here, wives over here. So like Chelsea, like in y'all's dynamic, when you break up in that time, like who how do you decide who leads it? Or is it just kind of like leader by committee or we're just kind of all on the same page, there's not really a leader. Do you, you get what I'm asking there? Like what does that look like for you guys? Right, I think it's different. We don't have specific one leader who we've given the the torch or the crown to and say you are the leader, but different People will lead out in the questions, and um, we just kind of take turns in that, in saying, okay, let's get to who's available, what time we can get together, especially when we meet up separate guys and girls, um, and then who spearheads the questions. I think it's different mm-hmm. each time, but we just try to stay on point and as much as we can and circle back to making sure we're, we're answering those, those three questions each time. And I think it's important to, to evaluate. <laughs> I remember we'd been doing group for about a year with our current group that we're in. And, uh, and when the guys would split up with the guys, girls with the girls, you know, it was kind of like, all right, don't ask, don't tell. You know, we're not really going <laughs> to share ideas and what happened and, you know, what, what was this guy's sin struggle. I'm not going to share that with my wife. You know, there's confidentiality there. And, uh, and I remember asking Chelsea one time, I was like, so like when the girls met, uh, when y'all got together this morning at the house, um, like are y'all asking the three questions? And, and it came out that they were, they were asking, how are you growing others spiritually and how are you growing spiritually really, really consistently? And I was like, well, what about how are you grieving the spirit? And because I thought, you know, when the girls get together with the girls, that may even be the, the main question that gets asked. And she was like, well, we ran I out of time. I thought we talked <laughs> about the first two. We don't have enough time for that question. Switch, and yeah, now that's right. the first question we ask a lot of times. <laughs> Whenever we get together, girls, is how we grieve in the spirit, yeah. and then we go to the other ones because we just had limited time, and we talked so much about the other two that we didn't get around to the third. So we made the switch, and now we start with that one. And, and, and so I think the point I'm trying to make is I, I do think it's important to eliminate assumptions. And, uh, and so there, 
there needs to be, and, and I've kind of played this person about once a year. We don't do this, you know, I'm not the, the rule Nazi, but about once a year, we'll just kind of say, hey, how are we doing on this? And, uh, and it's just good just to be reminded of the vision and what I would say, be reminded of that framework. And, um, and then when, when me and, and the guys get together, we're, we're pretty quick to jump to that because we know that we have confidentiality, that we need to be transparent with one another because we know what the Word of God says in Proverbs twenty eight thirteen that when we conceal our sin, we're not going to prosper. But when we confess it and renounce it, we're going to find mercy. And I don't know about anybody that's listening to this podcast, but I want mercy. And if the gateway to mercy is for me to be open and honest about my sin struggles, I, I really want to foster that environment. And but I want to do that wisely, you know. And and so when we bust up guys with guys, um, you know, that's something that we'll be pretty quick to uh, to exchange. And then when we're as couples in a co-ed environment, uh, we just we I mean I, I love just getting to hear like what God's teaching this woman, what God's teaching this guy, what God's teaching my wife, and. And just to kind of share those little devotional thoughts and then the opportunities that God has given us um, or to even go, man, I haven't had any opportunities. And man, well, we, can we pray that God would give me an opportunity and then to see the faithfulness of God to bring opportunities. And so the next time we meet, it's like, man, we prayed and I wound up going to Dollar General and ran into this person and, you know, <laughs> got to share my, you know, that sort of thing. So it's been pretty cool just to see um, that that tension play out, even as I talked with Chelsea, like, well, y'all doing this? Well, actually, no, we're not doing this. You know, <laughs> right, let's course correct, you know, so. That's great. Is, you know, something that we're always kind of getting asked about is, like, how, you know, how do we cultivate, like, real community? Like, this doesn't feel, nothing worse than forced fun or, like, mm. forced community, right? I'm right. supposed to love this person, so I do. do with, with a family, with kids, like, is that something that you guys try to cultivate outside of group time as well as in the group you know like Chelsea are you you going to the park with the kids and hanging out or is that y'all really just kind of set aside that time in the group what does that look like for you guys right I wish that we could do more of the outside of group time and and sometimes we do schedules get crazy life gets crazy and and so some months it's like man if we can just make it to group then that's that's when we can connect and then other months we have extra time like I've loved getting to go surf and, and together. And so there's something special about when you get together and you go surf with each other that just bonds um, mm. with each other. And so we've gotten to do like go shopping for Thanksgiving boxes with each other. And we go and serve the nations and, and pass out food and do a little Bible study um, with some, some people. And so we really enjoy getting to do that kind of stuff. And so I think that just varies from month to month. Yeah, and we're, and we're transplants, and so, you know, we don't have a ton of family that's um, in proximity, and so what's been really cool about some of the members in our group is they're like, hey, we're having a big family shindig for the J July 4th, and, you know, we want to extend an invitation to you, and so I think that a lot of people will view their church life as those are kind of like my church friends, and, um, and, and it takes time to get there, but one of the cool things that we've, we've really, I feel like in our group, that we've, we've crossed that threshold of are these people, are these my church friends or are these like my spiritual family? And I really feel like we've crossed that, crossed that threshold and, and that's been indicative because of, you know, we will not be a part of the family at the family function, but we got invited. Why? Because we're in their group and, uh, and that communicates something. And so that, that's been something that's been really cool. And then a lot of the, like the fellowship relational building stuff in our group has happened um, in segregated genders. 
And so, like, me and the guys, uh, we're going on a float trip coming up, and we're just going to take a couple of days. Surprise, I don't think I've told you about this yet. but um, <laughs> You're going to yeah, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Her face and is priceless. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, we're going to get away for 24 hours and, and just build that relational uh, equity a little bit further. Uh, we'll get out in the woods, do hunting. We'll split, we'll split wood, or we'll go. We did Love KC with, um, with our group. One of the things that Chelsea – um, has done really, really well is she's like, hey, I heard about this um, harvester's feeding program where we can go serve, uh, you know, on a Saturday once a month. And and she was like, well, I'm going to go do this. So she's serving with our kids. And she thought, well, I should, I should invite the women in, in my community group. And so just even thinking through, okay, I'm doing this. How can I prioritize my relationships in such a way where I'm constantly thinking who's in my group and can they come? And I, one other thing I would say is that maybe somebody's listening to this like, well, not everybody can be, not everybody can go to in my group. And so if everybody can't go to this thing from my group, then we probably shouldn't invite anybody. Mm. And I would just say, man, th- the principle I, I really hang on to is that you want to do for someone what you wish you could do for everyone. And maybe in, in the group context, you want to do with someone what you wish you could do with everyone. And so don't feel bad about that. I think it's a good practice to invite the entire group but knowing that the entire group maybe won't be able to make it and then just allow the folks that can make it to whatever the thing is that you want to do to do that. And don't feel like you always got to involve the whole family, both couples. Those got to be a couples thing. That's good. There's times for that, but guys do stuff with guys, girls do stuff with girls, bring the kids along when it's appropriate. And when, when it's not, don't worry about it. Don't overthink it. Chad, Chelsea, I just want to thank you guys so much for uh, for just showing up. Or uh, well, we showed up to your guys. Yeah, you no, I mean we showed up, so we actually brought it to you guys. And um, can we mention the sponsorship? The, yeah. the 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 today's episode was sponsored by. It's, what is our coffee shop called? Is it just Chad Chelsea's Chocolatado Coffee um, Shop? That's a really long. Yeah, that probably shop won't make. Best forty bucks I've ever spent. So uh, we'll we'll put the address in the, the I note. To, uh, yeah, that's on you. We'll, we'll put yeah. it after. Oh, okay, All right, good. Venmo. So thank you yeah. for the sponsorship. Chelsea was our barista today. With the Co- help of the girls. Oh, they help. Wow, excellent. Raising yeah. up, training training up a child in the way that they should go. That's right. right. But hey, guys, seriously, thanks for letting us come and just kind of invade your space. And thanks you for like valuing group. You know, I think it's easy as a church to think like. This is just like something we're talking about doing. I don't even know if our staff's doing this, but like they, we are and y'all are. And so just thank you for valuing community, valuing group, valuing, you know, a connection with your spiritual family. Uh, so there's just a lot to emulate that y'all have kind of given us. And so appreciate that. Um, kind of want to close it. Um, just would love to pray for, for Lydia. I mean, I know I feel like God's already done some amazing things there, but I want to make sure that healing is continuing to go through her recovery process and she i know she loves dance she's itching to get back to to ballet so if you don't mind we'd love to just pray for lydia real quick and then maybe we can end our time sound good cool father thank you so much for your grace for your love and for your mercy thank you that you're good and that you're always in control and so uh, just thank you for the glover uh, family the glover household has just been such a blessing to me in my life and uh I know so many people in our church have been blessed uh, through them, through using them in in mighty ways. And we do pray. Uh, We thank you for Lydia, uh, that you were just with her in this surgery and that recovery is going well. But, God, we pray that it would go even better and that you would use that story in Lydia's life to make much of yourself uh, as she grows up and becomes a godly woman. 
I just pray that you would help her to draw on that story and be able to use it for your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks again to all of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and until next time, shepherd well. Nailed it. Y'all are going to hate this, but I forgot to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I do feel bad. I didn't feel like I should mention at some point, or you should mention, we didn't mention that we have a in-house music coach. Because it's just in our group, and we don't have a Winston Mania. I know, I see it. We, we have a big couple of these announcements, so that would be great. But well, then, you know, I just thought they were going to hear that and be like, I'll be honest, they're we'll, probably we'll not tell listening. We recorded it before. Okay, that makes me feel <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah. We'll tell them that we recorded it before they joined our group. Wait, so you guys have an, another new couple in your guys' group?